Hey there, everybody. Bob Beatty Barr here, and welcome to episode 15 of the My Friends Are Amazing podcast. This week, yet again, I was reminded just how amazing my friends truly are. I was able to have a great conversation with one of my closest friends that I've known for well over 20 years. But before we get started, I just want to thank everyone that listens to the podcast. Remember, you can find the podcast pretty much everywhere. I'm still waiting for that magic approval from Spotify, but other than that, you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, you name it. Hit that subscribe button and uh, drop me a line to let me know how you like the podcast. I think each one of the networks allows you to leave comments, so uh, I would really appreciate that. So today, the podcast is brought to you by The Bob and Kevin Show. Kevin Jazeski and I have expanded our programming schedule to sometimes up to three broadcasts a week. So for our Monday episodes, we scour the tech headline landscape to find stories that are interesting, fun, and maybe even controversial. We also feature our YouTube famous quiz every Monday morning, so tune in for that. And throughout the week, we will offer bonus content. Sometimes we have a special guest and we talk about their area of expertise related to something that's current in the news. And uh, sometimes we just talk about random stuff. Uh, This week, we talked about... Uh, other interview programs, interviewing styles, and uh, production value. We talked specifically, well, we started about talking about uh, David Letterman interviewing Barack Obama and then just kind of expanded from there. So anyway, to check this, check us out, head over to bobandkevin.show and uh, hit that subscribe button. And if you hit the bell, you get uh, notified when we go live. So check that out. This week, my guest is Steve Clevenger. And Steve sent me this great little bio, and I'm just going to read it word for word because it, it made me smile. Steve Clevenger is a project manager, production manager, and approximately 47 other things at a small ad agency. When he occasionally comes up for air, he'd rather be sculpting, drawing, or painting. Steve is currently taking himself back to school to focus on some fundamentals, hone underdeveloped skills, and hopefully flex some new artistic muscle. Steve is a liberal with conservative with a conservative past, an atheist that was once a born-again evangelical, and briefly a Franciscan seminarian. And he absolutely cannot believe how old he is, and yet still isn't really sure what he wants to be when he grows up. Most importantly, of course, he's been great friends with Bob Badybar for well over 20 years. So let's just get into this because it was a great conversation about art the creative process, and kind of, you know, where we're all going in life. Let's meet Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, Bob. How's it going? Okay. So, uh, you're pretty excited to be on a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) No, pretty weirded out, actually. Um, All right, so then let's start with that. Let's talk about why you're weirded out about it, and we'll see where that goes. (laughs) So, why are you weirded out about being on a podcast? Um, well, you know me pretty well. I'm not exactly a guy who spends a lot of time in, you know, on stage in a public eye talking about me, except maybe over lunch with you and, you know. Well, let me put your mind at ease a little bit. Um, I'm guessing maybe 50 people might listen to this. So yeah, well, all right. It's not a giant audience. (laughs) I'm still working on building that, uh, building that audience up. So, so that cuts down a little bit and then. I picture you in your underwear at this point, and that helps or something? Well, I am in my underwear as far as everyone else is concerned, so so we should be good. Uh, So, name of the podcast, My Friends Are Amazing, and sorry about that, always been a giant fan of you as a person, just because we hit it off so well when we first met. Hey, ditto. Um, But one of the biggest things that I'm a fan of is your art. Okay. Tangible things. That I'm a big fan of is your art. And you have been taking some drawing classes lately? Not classes. Just um, hitting a lot of uh, life drawing, figure drawing uh, sessions, really. They're not even workshops. They're just open sessions that people can come in and pay your 15 bucks or whatever to sit there and and draw nude models for uh, three hours, usually, is how long they last. So how do you find out about these open sessions? Strangely, they seem to be coming out of the woodwork at the moment. I, I tried to find stuff like this like years ago. I mean, like 10, 12 years ago, I tried to find some, couldn't find any. So I actually took a life drawing class at a community college at Wabansi, actually, just so I could do some 
figure drawing. And how long ago was that? That got to be 10 or 15 years oh, ago. Okay. I mean, so a long time back. ago. Okay. And uh, I would hear about something once in a while, but it was, you know, way further into Chicago or something. Or by the time I checked one out, I heard it's like, yeah, they don't do that anymore. Nobody showed up. So I kind of gave up looking for it. And then, I don't know. I can't even remember where I heard about this one. Somebody told me about the one in Naperville. Naperville, um, Naperville Art League. Somebody just started one there. So, so is that your regular? I would call that my most regular. Yeah, just because it's the one I started at. Um, it's uh, it's not even my favorite, really, uh, except it's a pretty short drive, and it's perfectly timed Sunday morning, like 9 to noon. So you, it's a way to start the day, and I still feel like I have most of my Sunday left afterwards. So it's just it's kind of well-timed and... So what's your ideal one? You said it's not your ideal one. Well, it's not my ideal one because the guy who runs it, very nice guy, and I've told him to his face, it's a great service he's done for the rest of us artists, you know, have starting this thing up. And uh, But he works on um, somewhat more abstracted kind of stuff. He draws very quickly. He spits out a lot of them over the course. So he's not very interested in long poses, and I... So, so since he MCs it, since it's like it's his gig, he's like, all right, we're going to do this one for one minute. And if you don't want to do it for one minute, he's like, uh, fuck off. <laughs> it's we're it's do not it for that bad. You know, I think a couple of us, mostly me, I think, actually talked him out of the one minute. Uh, one minute poses are, are actually uh, a thing in, in figure drawing. They're called gesture drawings. The idea is within 60 seconds to capture the essence of the pose in some way. And people do that a lot of different ways, but. Uh, to me, they're just, you know, I did enough billions of those in college life drawing classes and the other one I took since then. And it's just like, I don't, I don't want to do any more gesture drawing. So we started in that one. We just, the five minute poses are like the shortest ones. And to me, that's about the shortest I want to tolerate at this point too, because I want to get something down of what I'm looking at. And <laughs> well, you've been posting a lot of them. Um, you're on Instagram, right? Yeah. Okay. I just couldn't remember if I've seen them on Instagram That's or Facebook. That's where you'd see most of them, okay. yeah. Because yeah. you don't put them on Facebook, right? Well, at Facebook, I post them to a group called Figure Drawing for Artists or something. There's a there's a group, a closed group, I guess. So, but you just ask to join, and they pretty much let you in. And uh, so people from all over the country post figure drawings, whatever. So I do post some of them there, but Instagram's where I generally drop them. So the ones that you put there, are those mostly five-minuteers or are those longer? Most of the ones there are probably 15-minute poses. And 15 minutes is a comfort zone for me in the I can live with that. And you're using charcoal? For for 15-minute poses, I'm just using charcoal pencils. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, again, much shorter than that, and it, I'm just... You know, I don't want to complain about it. I would rather have longer poses. There's one DuPage Art League uh, in Wheaton that starts off with five minutes and maybe a couple 15s, but then does the whole rest of the session, like two hours on a single pose. And sometimes that's even too long. You know, you know me well enough. You know, I, I could noodle away at a work of art for way too long. Um so it's it's not a bad thing to have a time limit, and occasionally I can have a really good drawing after an hour or an hour and a half and then ruin it by putting that 30 minutes into it. I was going to say, do you feel like this is helping you grow away from that perfectionism it, kind of well, thing? Well, then, yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that's part of the point of it all for me is, A, I wanted to... I've always... All my art, I've always really been about figurative stuff or... You know, not necessarily a full human naked figure, whatever, but people and faces and bodies. And even when I'm working on something fairly uh, conceptual in nature, it still seems to be centered around, you know, human beings in there somewhere. I'm bored, bored by landscapes and I get bored by still lives and I, you know. Yeah, I can't tell I, you the I'm last time I saw by something. abstract yeah. art and, you know, so it's just something about having people in it is what makes it interesting to me, whatever it is I'm doing. So you've been figures for a long time. Yeah. One, one way or another. Yeah. Um, and this, but this is cool too. Cause, um, for a lot of years there when I was doing 
that kind of thing. It was just whatever, whatever photographic resources I could find. And, and they're, you know, it's the 2D, even if you're, you know, you're drawing a two-dimensional figure, it's only seeing something in two dimensions really changes your perception of it. And it's also somebody else's light too, right? I mean, somebody it's a captured moment light, in time. Yeah. I mean, uh, theoretically in, in a life drawing pose, I am only looking at this for, from one direction. But it's still so, three-dimensional space. But there's still three-dimension. And I can, I can literally, you know, tilt my head a little one way or the other, and it changes the shadow or the light enough on something to, to see, you know, a, uh, the edge of a of a slight, barely noticeable muscle that you wouldn't have seen with your head six inches the other direction or whatever, that maybe you're going to draw in there or not, but it can change the outside contour of the line. It, you know, it's it's just the subtleties, but it helps you draw the form in a more realistic way. How, okay, so I'm going to be all over the place with art just because it is That's fascinating, okay. and I yeah. think you're... An authority on the subject matter. And uh, I think I, you enjoy I, I to I talk. Go that far, but I enjoy to talk about it. So, the proportioning of the, the, the drawings, like how, like I can sit there and I can start, and the the proportioning is all wrong. Like I can see the figure, I can draw the figure, but I like your proportioning seems like so solid. Well, let me just go on record as stating that I don't post the bad drawings. <laughs> Okay, fair and, enough. And I say that because there are some people in the in the life drawing groups and the figure drawing groups. And nobody calls it life drawing anymore. They call it figure drawing, which makes more sense. Um, Doesn't that it, imply that they could be dead figures? Well, I suppose. <laughs> um, I, actually, I'm kind of bummed, totally tangent. But when I was in college, I saw some works on the wall of, you know, people's drawings of dissected corpses. And there was actually, it was a medical illustration class. All right, that makes sense. And I'm like, I wish I had known about this in time to have taken that class because I didn't really know what it was. I, I, I'm sure I saw medical illustration and thought, that sounds boring. And <laughs> and maybe 90% of it was, but, you know, they went to a place where people dissect bodies and spent afternoons drawing Attention to detail on that. has got to be giant. Exactly. So it, they were it was so cool. I wish I had taken that. But that was a total tangent from proportioning. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, uh, you know, and I struggle with that some myself, uh, just, again, because of the speed I'm working at. Um, I'm, I'm not satisfied with what satisfies a lot of artists that are drawing this stuff. You know, it can end up with some very rough stuff, and, and people focus on different things, and I'm probably stupidly trying to both study anatomy and come up and have a fit, a nice drawing at the end, both. And it'd be real a whole lot easier if I could focus on one or the other. So how would you how would you just focus on the studying of anatomy in that situation? Um, I wouldn't worry so much about you know thickness or versus thinness of lines. I wouldn't worry about the extraneous lines of you know. Uh, it's hard to describe exactly, but you know, some people will start building the figure kind of like uh, how to draw books that you can find on the shelf where they're, you know, for cartoon characters, even, you know, it's like, right, they're drawing the center it's, radius. Right, it's, it's the big, it's yeah. the big circle for the chest and then the triangle for the pelvis and the, and, and some people start with very rough kinds of, and it, it helps them with proportioning. And it would probably help me with proportioning if I did that, broke it up into big shapes like that. But then at the end of the, you know, at the end of the drawing or when the 15-minute bell goes off, which you is might always still see five those. minutes too early, I still got all <laughs> those other lines in there, and it doesn't look like a, it could be a good good work, you know, a good study of anatomy or a good study of proportioning, but it's not a good finished drawing. And so, I, you know, I need to... So you forego that for the sake of the finishedness in the 15 minutes? Well, and minutes. I don't think it's necessary to do that way, to work that way with the shapes and the... Uh, that kind of thing, because, um, I mean, the way I was basically taught was, uh, you know, you should have your eye on the model at least as much or maybe twice as much as you have it on your paper that you are really studying. You know, I've seen people who watch people sitting in the room with me, you know, whose, whose eyes are down on their page 
you know, two thirds, three quarters of the time versus how much they look up at what they're drawing. So do you feel like they don't capture the model as much when they do it that way or? They don't capture the model as much. The, the, the problem is they're not drawing what they see. They're drawing what they no. think should be there, drawing what they already know rather than, yeah, it's like you start drawing and you have some idea what a foot looks like and you just go ahead and keep drawing that foot without actually looking at the foot you're drawing. And and that guy might actually only have four toes. Well, no, but, <laughs> well, that's always possible. <laughs> he, he, he might, he might get up, he might end up with a foot that looks like a foot, but it might be completely missing the fact that this other, you know, the, the model's foot was actually turned at a little bit different angle or the, the big toe is so bent you can barely see it under the second to the smallest toe or, you know, th those kinds of details. It's like, it's fine if, if he's just like, hey, I made a good foot. That's fine. But I'm I'm trying to, again, both study. This is, this is a boring story to me, but no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing a, 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 a back to basics kind of thing. You know, I uh, it's a weird thing to say at 50. <laughs> I almost said 55. I'm fucking. Can I swear? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no rules. <laughs> Fucking 56. Okay. Um, well, gosh, I thought you were going to say 57, the way you no, got well, so frustrated. Just, 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 well, to be fair, you just recently had a birthday. <laughs> yeah. My 56. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of going back to basics where, I mean, again, you know me, I, I, I overwork, I focus too much on, on too much detail sometimes, which isn't a bad thing in and of itself. But I kind of miss the forest for the trees occasionally in that way. And um, so you think you're kind of smelling the roses right now? Is that? <sighs> well, it's almost a bigger story than that. What, what I'm seeing is my income post retirement and thinking, well, that's a lot closer than it used to be. You know, maybe I'll be working another 10 ish years, give or take. And I'm not going to have, a sh you know, a shit ton of money socked away come retirement time, but I am going to be done <laughs> regardless and i you know i also know that when i don't have enough to do and uh, i don't i think i'll be one of those people that if i don't have another way to keep busy and keep earning money or something in retirement i'll be one of those guys that just he quit his job and a year later he was dead you know and it, uh, you know i mean I, that's right no i, it's, I we it's know a little the over the top we know the metaphor you know the metaphor right and i you know, i i can just see myself being that guy you know especially if i never remarry or something or and, the anecdote i guess yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but no i i mean, i'm literally looking forward to this idea of can I make at least a part-time income in retirement by selling art and everything else? And, okay. and I, I, I feel like, so this is the time to really get my skill set back in order, um, on track. And several of those things, one of those things is working faster. I'm too slow, too methodical. Now, some artists would scoff at that statement, um, like, you know, it takes as long as it takes and you know just uh, a pure you're a trying pure, to get paid. purest attitude <laughs> well and that'd be the other purest attitude it's like are you doing it because you love it or are you doing it just to get paid and it's like well i want to figure out a way to do both wouldn't it be nice uh, if you uh, could just uh, meld those two together exactly oh dream so, job so that you know i'm exploring the stuff i'm enjoying drawing and i'm trying to get a, a better trying to become a better artist and but but part of that for me is is speed getting down and part of that's what the study is about of the the form I, my college um life drawing teacher you know she used to say if you can if you can draw the human body you can draw anything and uh i believed it then and and believe it now it is it is so complex so many subtleties to to get it right and to how are you with horses because i consider those pretty damn hard I, I would, I've never, I have, well, I won't say never. I haven't drawn a horse in 30 or 40 years, but. Uh, Not since your Degas phase. My who's phase? Wasn't Degas the one who drew horses and <laughs> ballerinas or one of those impressionist dudes? I remember the ballerinas. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Not for a long time have I drawn a horse, but uh, who knows if I, if I decide I get the, uh, the human figure down a little better, you know, then, I mean, there's some amazing structure and musculature you know in animals particularly horses that you know stunning ready for a giant tangent 
Sure. Go uh, for it. Do you watch Westworld? Totally loved it. But I love the intro sequence where the horse is the horse. becoming reanimated. Yeah, 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 that's killer. That's not a giant tangent. It just is like right turn from a. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a. Uh, yeah, I actually I don't have HBO, so but from a series different. I won't even go down the line of the way I ended up eventually seeing all the episodes. I was gonna say, you know, free HBO weekend here pirated from somebody else over here and whatever, but I ended up seeing them not entirely in sequence. Oh, no. And boy, <laughs> does that make a huge difference. Yes, it does. And if any 10 episodes in a stretch on any TV show ever needed to be watched thoroughly and attentively in sequence, it was that show. Because so, sometimes the first three minutes of that episode could take a yeah. hard right turn. Yeah. So, So the first time I saw it, I thought it was pretty cool, but I was like... Boy, that was a little confusing. Uh, so it really took the second time through when I had actually gotten the whole series on another HBO free weekend when I recorded all 10 of them and watched them in sequence that I was like, wow, this really rocks. Well, I think season two starts very soon. Maybe saw, we should. I think I saw April. Maybe we should set up a viewing You day. have HBO? I have the app. So You have the app. But I mean, it, you blast I can watch it on, on your the TV. And oh, yeah. Well, it's through the... Through the Roku's. Yeah, we don't do the uh, Walking Dead uh, viewing parties anymore. And no, we we were just down in Quincy for the. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh yeah, I saw it down down. The, yeah. Okay. To see Joy and Brad. Yeah, yeah. Joy and Brad. Yeah. We alternate now. Oh, you literally do that for yeah. Walking Dead? Not just for the big oh, ones. Okay. Just, just for, for the, the big, big ones. ones. The season opener, season half, mid-season finales yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just really an excuse to go to Quincy and for yeah. them to come up here. So. All right. Well, so the next time you have one up here, why don't you invite me in? I definitely will. Too. Definitely I haven't seen Joy in a while. She's still awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm trying to trick her to come on the show soon, too. So. Oh, well, she would have so much more to talk about than me. <laughs> You both have an, a ton to talk about. We just yeah. spent like 20 minutes talking about one drawing class. So yeah. I got to get back to that. So sure. so is it always your Sunday jam? Like that's the only day you do it? Or are there no, other? No, the, the, the DuPage one, uh, it's the DuPage Art League is in Wheaton. They they do theirs on Saturday afternoon. And, uh, and uh, actually Water Street does them on Sunday afternoons. I've only gone to one. Uh and they get models to come in there too. Yeah, wow. they do. Yeah, and there's another one. A lot of people that I meet at uh, the Naperville and Wheaton one. I uh, can't remember. It's at some church. Or no, I'm sorry, <laughs> a, Bened- a Benedictine University or something. That's okay. a little well, at bit least it's a little bit college. closer to <laughs> yeah, a little bit closer. To, but that again, they say they say it's their their favorite of the of the procession. So I haven't yet to try it because that one's like Thursday evening at. 6.30, so I would have to get out of work on time for a change. Um, and, you know... And each one of them, 15 bucks a pop, though? Yeah, for three hours. Dude, that could get expensive, though. If you, I mean, I guess it's I like eating it's, out. I think it's a hell of a deal. Yeah. $5 an hour to, to draw a nude model. So for, how much does the model take home from I a three-hour no session? I have no idea. Yeah, and, you need and, to find that out, because you might feel bad once you find out. Well, I'm sure they're not super well-paid. I, I, I wouldn't expect that and there are the most random assortment of <laughs> well, of course that's know. probably ideal though i mean you'd probably get really boring drawing like the you know six foot well when i say Adonis. random assortment i don't mean random assortment of people like that's a bad thing for me great assortment is great right i mean the, the most random assortment of types of people like you know People who have never done it before haven't the slightest clue that saw the advertisement of looking for models oh. on Craigslist and showed up for the first time and kind of stood there naked and said, what do you want me to do? Which is frustrating, but if you're... All right, you so that's a novice. So right. what does an experienced model come in and do? You know, they're just, uh, they just really know what they're doing. It, the, I mean, as soon as you get past a 15-minute pose, you're talking about seated, not standing. Even 15 minutes, some models are like, okay, that's a sitting pose. It's like, really, you can't stand up for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the difference between just sitting there with your hands in your lap uh, versus, you know, giving, make a little bit of a twist to the abdomen, your head turned a different way or a little bit down or a little bit up, the, um, you know, the hands and the, f- and the legs and the feet not doing the same thing. You know, if you got one hand in your lap, 
you know, put the other one behind your back, put it, you know, on your head, hold a cane, put it on the nearby shelf, do, you know, do something different with the hands. If one leg is tucked in, get the other one out, give it an odd little twist, you know. So do you, as a class, direct the model sometimes or do? Well, I don't. I think I'm going to step up more and start voicing my opinion, you know, I've, uh, uh, takes me a while in any group to feel like I'm a real member and <laughs> so, yes, I could see that. So, about you. so stepping up and actually saying something, uh, especially when the actual moderator is making some, you know, instructions like, no, you really need to be a little more direct with these people. This is a boring pose. Would you do something with your foot? Would you do, you know, uh, not rudely, but they need to be a little more direct. And so each group has a moderator? Well, I mean, just the person who... Is organizing it. Is organizing it, but, you know, uh, you know the, the guy at uh, Naperville, I mean, it's, it's his volunteer time. He came up with the idea, decided he wanted a model, so he like, hey, let's start a group. And So the 15 bucks that everybody pays goes directly to the model then? Well, I, I, the model, I'm sure, has a... A fee, fee. fee, whatever it is, not like a, a you know, she doesn't get half the door. Or <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I imagine sometimes so few people show up, I imagine they take a loss on that session. But, like, again, be- because they're at Naperville Art League, DuPage Art League, whatever the, um, you know, I'm sure the, whatever the model, is it whatever above and beyond what the model got paid goes to the Art League. If it was a down gotcha. week, the art league pays right. the difference. Is my assumption. I, I, you know, don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that'd be how it works. Um, yeah. So it's. Have you ever considered going on the other side of the canvas? As a model? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's kind of like paying it forward, backward. I don't know. Yeah. Nobody wants to draw this. That's not true. <laughs> There's always interest in. I, I mean, know, I should have known you would ask that question somehow. <laughs> it's my job. It's what I do. Yeah. No, I'd be a little too self-conscious for that, which is weird because I've, I've drawn some. I've drawn people of all ages, shapes, and sizes um, over the years. So, but you know, when they're when they're well below a an attractiveness level that anybody would really argue with. I'm 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 deeply impressed with their self-confidence and um yeah I don't know if I could I don't I mean I'm a pretty pretty outgoing individual I think most times but <laughs> I just don't know if I could go there. Yeah. Well, you know, um uh I I, I probably I'm not going to say names. No, I there, that's, there's an artist that's probably we a good both idea. know that 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 models nude. Oh yeah, I know who it is. And and a few weeks ago I saw she was going to be the the model at DuPage Art League, and I'm like, you know, she may even be okay with me showing up for it, but I'm just not okay with that. Well, that, that would just be weird because you know, circles, you know, your social circles. I don't. But again, I think her spirit about it all is is about 100 right. open and artistic and professional and everything else. So I don't think she'd have been the least bit bothered had I showed up. But I'm just, right. I'm, I'm, just not, I'm not, I'm not quite there. <laughs> You know, some people are just raised differently, and those things are hard grained in them. And just well, yeah, my, uh, I've been trying to beat the Roman Catholicism out of me for a lot of decades, and it's a slow, painful process. All right, so another art-based question. Yeah, uh, sorry, but um, so as an outsider looking at your art yeah. for many years now, I think it's over twenty at this point. Um, well over twenty. Yes. Shh. <laughs> um. Your ability to capture light and shadow. Like, has that always been a thing? Like, I think of that painting of the boy. Uh, no, it's not both boys. It's just Aaron, right? On the dock with the fishing one. Oh, it was Nathan fishing Nathan. with my with yes. my dad. That the, wa- the watercolor? Yeah. That looks like a realist almost painting because of the lightness and the, the light and shadow. Like, you've always been awesome at that. Do you, I mean, would you say you've always been good at that or has it been one of your strengths? Um, I would say my desire and ability to capture it, I find, I, I, you know, I recognize, I, uh, how do I say this? I mean, I just, 
Um, I know I'm asking you to brag about yourself. Well, no, true. but it's not that. It's <laughs> like I, I agree with you about the result, but it took me way too long to get there because I don't really know what I'm doing. I just keep at it until I get to where okay, I so want that, it to be. So that goes to exactly where I was going with this, though, because when you're, you're charcoal drawing, some of those really quick ones, yes. some of the things that I love the most about it is that there's this highlight that you can see and there's the shadow that you can feel and right. it builds the shape like that. Well, and that would be years of, of practice and, and, and knowing. I mean, I, I like I said, half of why I'm doing this is to get the pencil moving and and not be all perfectionist and, and move it faster and, and try to learn it. You know who Frank Frazetta is? He's is one of probably the most famous uh, fantasy art painter. Oh, okay, I know his stuff. Time. Yeah, yeah, for he used sure. To do, Conan you know, the Barbarian, yeah, 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 that okay, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Lots, of, lots of, lots of brawny warriors and half naked women with giant butts, and uh, you know, <laughs> just which is just unusual in in you know, uh, to a de- to a strange degree for his time, but. Um, he, one of his famous quotes, probably the only quote I know of his by heart is something like, um, um, knowing what to take out and knowing what to leave in is what separates the men from the boys. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And, you know, it sounds very sexist, worded that way, whatever, but that's kind of the era he was working in and the kind of stuff he was working on. Wheat off. from the chaff. <laughs> well, Same whatever, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it, it was really, it's like, and it's like, yeah, that's kind of it. It, it it's a perfect um, quote for me to focus on because it's really what I don't do. You know, I overwork, and I'm fine. Like Frazetta would have um, areas, the focal areas, highly detailed, but then he had other stuff that was just, just ridiculously out. abstract and soft and barely there, or. Or the kind of thing where just, uh, you know, a few slashes, a few dots, a few would would suggest what was there in the hazy background, you know, that you didn't have to paint a hazy tree or a hazy background figure. You could paint six brush strokes and then, oh, there's a figure back there in the haze, you know, and that kind of thing where you don't even notice it. I didn't notice it, you know, as a kid, I was a fan of his, but it wasn't until I was an adult much, much later that I looked at him and thought, he barely painted this thing except for the, the guy in the middle and the very nearest things to him, you know? And and you just don't notice it because everything that your eye is drawn to is detailed or detailed enough, um, but even detail, you get up close to it and it's like, no, no, that's still uh, just three strokes. How does that look like detail from where I'm standing? So I mean, he that's knew just exactly a, where to put them. Exactly, he knew exactly where to put them. Exactly how to mix the color on his palette for the brush first, before he dabbed it on there. And you know, so this again, this dial all that down to my tiny little <laughs> microcosm. And the life drawings uh, are are again fifty percent about that. What what. Uh, not worry about because I don't have time to worry about. It. I got 15 minutes. How am I going to capture this pose? Capture this person? Capture this face? It's you know it's strange. I if I have a good look at a model's face, I'll you know I can have a, a very good model uh, in front of me, or even a, a very gorgeous model in front of me, and I get a good look at the face, and I'm I'm doing a 15 minute picture of the face to see if I can capture a likeness in 15 minutes see that's so awesome well sometimes i mean the the, the idea is awesome well, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it works out and sometimes not so much but it's kind of amazing how much if you don't because frankly i can lose a likeness by spending too much time on it but you, you know you focus on the right pieces and leave out what's not important and you can capture you know, in a very quick drawing, something that's like that anybody who knew that person would go, oh, that's so-and-so. And it's, it's kind of cool to to do that. And Because uh, prior to doing these for the last handful of months, I wouldn't have said, well, I could capture likeness in 15 minutes. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. I, I never because I never well, I never tried, right. so I wouldn't have said it because I I never even attempted to do such a thing. So, um, so yeah, so it's kind of fun. So you're driving there at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. 8 a.m. on a Sunday. 8:30. How do you feel? Like, what's the? Are you excited? Are you? Um. No, Sunday used to be kind of my only sleep in day, so I I, I kind of have to make myself go to get started half the time. Other times I'm up and at it and ready to go, and but other times it's like taking my medicine until I get there. Right, so getting there is the hardest part. Right, so it's getting your ass out of bed, taking the half hour drive there, and then I'm good. But you know, making myself do that, and I don't even struggle that much with it anymore. But uh, yeah, so but once I'm there, well, once I'm there, I'm happy I went. But some days it goes well, and some days it doesn't go well, and. So how do you feel on the days that it doesn't go well? Like, how does that, like, when you walk out of there at noon and it was a not-so-great drawing day? Yeah. How does that make you feel? Well, again, that's why the Naperville one is so good. It's 9 to noon because at least I still don't feel like I've oh got it. Sunday's, Sunday's over now, and I wasted it here doing nothing. It's like, no, it's still it's it's nicely timed, so I don't feel like I really lost anything by... And there's a part of me, again, who's kind of strangely optimistic about it. Like, you know, I'm bummed that I didn't come up with anything decent that whole three hours. But I feel like uh, I got those bad ones out of the way. You know, it's that, that kind of feeling. Is it, like, is it like golf a little bit in that regard? I, I was almost just going to say <laughs> golf, and I, didn't, I decided not to go there. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, I got those bad ones out of the way. So, uh <laughs> And you always hit a you always hit a great shot, and you keep coming back for more. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Confucius say, "Hit second ball first. Yes, always. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, totally digging those, and I could talk about them some more, but I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so, um, oh gosh, where was I going to go with this? Oh, have you, um, have you been working with clay at all since you've been doing the drawing classes? I haven't, but. It's certainly next. Do you I feel mean, like there's going to be a benefit from the drawing class? Oh, ridiculously. Yeah. Well, and, and, and from the anatomy study, um, you know, my, my biggest problem with figurative art in clay is, would be the lack of a model. There's really, I can't bring a slab of clay to the life drawing class. Um, yeah, most of your 3D stuff you've done is from 2D reference. Exactly, right. right. <sighs> so, I mean... Yeah, I mean, even some that I shot myself, but still photographs. So right. there's been a couple models that I, uh, you know, they didn't get naked for me for photographs, but and I tried to take photographs from multiple angles, and that helps a lot, but it, not it doesn't entire, fill in all the gaps. It, sure. it really doesn't, and and it's still, it's still right. Just the subtleties of being able to just move twelve inches to the left or the right around a figure that it's just not the same in photographs. So if I ever got serious about uh, figurative sculpture, you know, I definitely would have to work out some live model. Uh, I have to get a real studio first, probably, to make that happen. Or <laughs> well, are you? Does your place have a basement? It does, right? No, no, the new place does not. I'm in a yeah, I'm in a one floor condo, upper floor. So, oh, why did know. I think that I had multiple? Are you still right behind the Strang? Old, the old Strang? Old Strang? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the the people in the unit below me have a basement. Oh, I don't. Why did I think you had a basement? Uh, because I'm embarrassed to say I've never had you to my condo. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's probably why you thought. I guess it was the previous place that had a basement. Oh yeah, when the boys were still there. Totally. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, I uh, frankly, when I started taking the classes. I had more in mind that it would help the sculpture. Um, for, for whatever reason, it has leaned me more toward more drawing and a little more painting. Um, but, you know, I think you know that I kind of figured out over the years how much more I actually enjoy sculpting oh, than, gosh, I, yeah. than I do painting. So Super engaging. I have to get sort of back there. Basically, what I have is this backlog of painting ideas and half-finished paintings <laughs> that I feel uh, neurotically uh, obsessed about 
finishing some of them. Now, are they legitimately half finished or are they Steve half finished? <laughs> no, pretty legit. Okay. And I'm, actually, I'm probably being generous with the whole half. <laughs> but started or some that I think are really good ideas that are just barely started or, you know, and it's like, I really think that I should do this. But my problem is that I, those ones I really love, they're, they're big and they're involved and so they're big undertakings for are you doing them as oils or uh, or all over the place yeah whatever i mean there was one that i started in acrylics you know whenever that's been five years ago i put it to the side and so i broke that out but now i'm gonna go back into it with oils now because i'm just gonna be faster that way and get the results that look more like i want them to look than i do with acrylics so yeah, I don't know. It maybe took the rest of my life and not to get to the, the backlog of started stuff or ideas I wanted to do. But I don't know. I guess I just felt like I needed to knock out a couple of these paintings that have been sitting around forever before I moved back into focusing on sculpture. So all right, at this point in your artistic endeavors, yeah, how many paintings or pieces of art have you sold? Oh, in my life, maybe three. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, I... Did you sell Kettle of Fish, Fine Kettle of Fish? I did. You did sell that? Yeah. Crazy, huh? Who bought that? I can't remember their names offhand. You know, the, well, they, that's okay. they, they literally saw it hanging on my studio at Water Street Studio. Oh, so it was a walkthrough. When I had their... Uh, well, um, not, not at the time. They saw it then and couldn't afford it. And... Years later, when I haven't had a studio there in three years, they talked to somebody. Oh, and they tracked you uh, down. Uh, Jaime, actually, there. Uh, and said, there was a guy who used to have a studio up there. And of course, Jaime had, wasn't even there when I was there. Um, but did you know, he know he the painting? This, uh, well, or he knew somebody who had talked about it or he asked the right person or something. But so, uh, yeah, they started trying to describe what the painting was and where my studio had been. And somebody... So he sent me a, an email and got me in touch with those guys, and they literally, I, I was kind of blown away. You know, it's, you know, for for the listener, you know, it's a, it's a pail of dead fish. That, 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 it's that's been, fucking uh, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> not even just dead, you know, after having been filleted. So it's, you know, fish heads on filleted bodies and, and, and a whole garbage pail in a, in a fish cleaning house. But... These and guys had seen it. It was, it was a young couple, so not, the guy and his wife were totally into it and didn't have any money and came back like three years later to see about buying it when they did have the money. And, you know, it wasn't all that expensive, but still, it was just like, I never in my life has anybody sought me out or something I did sought me out to that level where we connected and they came over and they had the cash in hand and... <laughs> Walked away with the painting, and they couldn't have been smiling any bigger. I'm like, really? Because it's, it's awesome. That was you, you hung. That was in your first like hung show, right? That little place, like, was it Islax Wego or where was it? There was that little tiny gallery. I feel like that oh was the, one of the. F- I don't even remember. I, I I may have submitted that one to uh, the Norris. I think it was in Norris show. as well. Yeah, that's all. But I, I think it was really some remember. other tiny place before then. You could be right. I don't know. I can't remember. That's my fanboyness right there. And too many years ago. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that was impressive. Actually, the first one I sold was in high school. Um, somebody who was a judge at a at a high school art really? show said oh, it was a big picture of a, it was a big watercolor of a of a strawberry shortcake, which was just a watercolor copy out of a, a magazine photo. But was know? it a Steve watercolor though, with like this? Pure, purest, least amount of water, watercolors that you could possibly no, imagine. No, I mean not not like you think of that one of Nathan fishing with Grandpa. You know, this is me in in you know or the ju- raggedy, junior in high school or something. And Raggedy Andy was also that one too, which again is years later, but so no, it was not nearly that detailed. But for a high school junior, it was a pretty good watercolor. And I don't know, he just saw it and he's like, "Oh, I totally want to buy that and give it to my wife to put in the kitchen." And so, you know, I probably sold it for 20 bucks or something, but, you know, I was a junior in high school. So what's your most unique piece that you probably, 
in your opinion, your most unique piece that you've done throughout the years? Mm. Well, un- unique concept or a piece I actually did. <laughs> well, yeah, no, probably piece a piece I you did because you could make up anything and say it was my concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I guess probably that, um, well, I had called it, in my mind, I was always calling it the Mighty Jordan, but then somebody thought, oh, that sounds like Michael Jordan. It's like, oh, that's not what I meant. It was a, the model named Jordan, yeah. The Balloon Woman. Balloon Woman, Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so I always called it the Mighty Jordan just because, A, the model's name had been Jordan, so I always thought of the image as Jordan. And uh, the Mighty, well, for the obvious, um, you know, just a... Young woman looking up at the string of balloons in her hand that are actually um, uh, cinder blocks and not balloons up there, so they're floating. And you know, it's just this idea of just a tremendous optimistic <laughs> take on things, and uh, which was completely unusual for me. So that's why I was so inspired by it. I, I decided I, I had been. I decided it was the. I actually decided it was the turning point in in getting over my divorce uh, was... Really? Was, was, yeah, because I, 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 I dove pretty quickly into some darker things at the time. Not that I've, I mean, you know, again, you know me, I've always done darker things, but... Were, but were you still married when you started that or no? No. Gosh, time really has gone by. Yeah, 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 no. That was a couple couple of years post-breakup, and, uh, and when I had the inspiration for that, it was like, I, you know, it just felt like I had turn some corner about uh, things are looking up and whatever so um so that yeah. one was like half 360 uh, right half painted half sculpture it was a, a oh that's right so hers, the arm right yeah. her she was basically painted on there onto a background on a large board almost life size and but then she was kind of leaning forward so her her head and one arm were completely out in, in a 3D sculpture and, uh, I don't know, chest down to part of her abdomen before she disappeared back. And then, like, one knee was kind of sticking out. So, I don't and, know. It was and fun. And then the, the cinder blocks were all, um, but they I, weren't I, real cinder blocks. No, I constructed them out of uh, uh, styrofoam and uh, paper mache over the styrofoam to kind of get the right edges of a, of a cinder block. But the styrofoam cavities themselves helped the you know the star the, the uh, cinder block look so oh yeah they looked totally legit airbrush paint i thought they came out pretty well yeah so did you put that one t- does cleveringerart.com still exist yeah i'm embarrassed to say i'm not sure i'm not either <laughs> but did you put that one up there ever or did you stop maintaining? i put that actually i put and that's the more embarrassing thing cleveringerart.com probably is still out there um it's really just a redirect to a bigger oh a portfolio site bigger portfolio site but the but but the redirect is was hosted by somebody who I don't know hosts web stuff anymore so I don't even know if it still works but more embarrassing if it is still out there I had literally haven't updated it since the day I posted it five years ago or whenever it was so, so how so there are there were actually pictures of me of that piece in progress on that site because it wasn't done when I posted that site. Well, everybody should check out clevengerart.com and then <laughs> I'll be horrified that I I'll haven't done, a, done I'll, a thing on there in five years. I'll browbeat Steve to send links to some, and so we'll post them in the bio, too, because some know. of this stuff's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. There's, I mean, I, I like what was on there, but and truth be told, I haven't done a shit ton more you know, worth posting since then, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was the, the work in progress was on there anyway, and then I finished it up eventually. And uh, about a year later, I destroyed it. <gasps> I was going to say, where is she now? <laughs> She's gone? Yeah, you know, uh, after a time, I could just see nothing but everything I did wrong. And Really? Uh, yeah. And I, uh, it was taking up too goddamn much room to be that wrong. It was just, you know, my studio is a spare bedroom in my uh, condo now, and... Uh, there's just not room for these big things if they're not worth keeping. But I'm it was just it was just like, it's just like I, you know at this point I'm never gonna do anything to improve it. I'm never gonna like one of the major things that was wrong was was uh, some parts of the head that was the 3D sculpt. So it wasn't like I could take a paintbrush and just 
you know, change that part on the background. So it was, a, yeah. So it was never entirely successful in my head. It, sh it should have probably been 100% of painting or 100% of sculpture, but I certainly didn't have the uh, capability, much less the space, much less the money to make a full-size sculpture of that size. Uh, wow. So are there other pieces that you've done that to? Like destroyed them? Yeah. Like after they've been successfully completed <laughs> and <laughs> well, adored it, by fans? You know what? It was successfully completed and people were impressed with it um, at the time. But, I, you know, again, I could just see how they, I, eventually it was just like, yeah, I would never, I would never submit this anywhere because I don't like it anymore. It's not right. It's not, you know, I still like the overall concept basic enough uh, that I could do it in some other form someday. But. But yeah, I, I didn't. I thought I'd be bothered by it too, because I mean it was big and it was assembled, and I really had to take a hammer to it to to, to really get it <laughs> apart. Was that cathartic at all? It was. Or? It turned out to be. I was a little worried about how am I going to feel. I'm going to do this, but you know, uh, but uh, once I started doing it, I could just feel this weight <laughs> come off my chest of of a. It's not right. B. Can I fix it? C. It's so huge. I got to look at it every goddamn day because it won't fit in a closet. <laughs> And you know, it was just like, okay, now I'm a reminder now I'm free of so of many things. Reminder, yeah, whatever. So now I'm free of it, and uh, yeah, no, I, I haven't destroyed anything that. Uh, well, that's not true. I've painted over old paintings that I liked at the time and didn't like anymore, and um, it's not even so much about like. I mean, it really is growth. I'll reach a point someday where you, just the fact that I could do it better this year than I could last year doesn't make me hate last year's but right. there have been things that were big enough leaps that it's like yeah this just doesn't represent me at all anymore and so they had to be done away with but you know there there are people who like in those life drawing classes the, the the some people who save every bit of it post every drawing some people that uh, frame these things that I wouldn't have thought barely qualified as sketches, and I would have been one of those people who <laughs> frame it. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, and and, and again, I'm too I'm too uh, judgmental, uh, mostly about my own work, frankly. That uh, it's really got to be pretty special for me to think, oh, this is worth putting in a frame because it just feels like a drawing exercise, and which doesn't mean it's not worth framing, but you know, it's just weird. So I've thrown away plenty of drawings that weren't decent or starting out decent but weren't finished or whatever but i guess i feel a little bit more comfortable with drawings because they seem well, temporary yeah yeah i'm not sure that one of these people who frames them all yeah <laughs> so uh, all right so that's your most unique piece what's your favorite piece um i, I guess i would say i haven't made it yet Oh, yeah. All right. Did yeah. did uh, Uncle Sam get finished? No, that's actually next on the docket after the one that I have on the easel now. Because that's a kind of a three D. That was a sculpture the same painting. kind of thing. Yeah. A back a painted background with the extended sculptural piece coming out of it. So I wonder what my favorite piece of yours is. There's so many. I like the dogs at the gate or whatever it I is. I had a feeling you were going to come up with that one. I called it Barbarians at the gate. Barbarians. And, and, I called and it Dogma. And you renamed it Dogma, and I think <laughs> I might have actually gone with yours. I can't remember. Um, so this one is really cool. It's a painting. Uh, was that uh, was that acrylics? No, it was oil. Oil? But uh, it's Rottweilers with their wearing beaded cross necklaces. What Those have a name, right? Catholic boy? Well, well, if they have a corpus on them, they're crucifixes. Okay. If they're just in the cross shape, they're just crosses. Where they're, where they? They were just plain old cross crosses. shapes, just crosses. So the cool part about this is there's actually a, a an actual fence in front of the painting, and part of the fence is broken away, and you can see the dogs gnarling through it. It's yeah. I've always loved it because the way the fence did the shadow, and the dogs were in the shadow, and. It's, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't entirely successful, but I actually do like it too. And that'd be one that I found a place under a bed to hang on to, rather than <laughs> rather than get rid of it. 
because uh, it's again. Can I get a friends and family discount? Can I get a friends and family discount on that one? Yeah, except that I've seen your house, and I don't think you got a wall space big enough to put it. So if you want to keep it in the garage, you could. I mean, it's only collecting dust under my. <laughs> under That's right. My bed. And if I'm thinking about moving to a tiny house, that means less space. Yeah, for art. yeah. It's a little bit. It's not exactly over the couch material. I like the clown too, though. But I love the clown. The clown's creepy. The clown. What is the clown called? Um, reluctant clown. Reluctant clown. Reluctant clown, because his uh, his his mouth is nailed back in a smile, and his eyebrows nailed up in a joyous pose. Um, for, I mean, that was that was indication of the work I was doing, you know, post breakup, prior to. Um, the mighty Jordan, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, it was, it wasn't entire, entirely biographical, but you know, in some ways it was, you know, it was basically this, you know, character, um, putting on, you know, painfully nailing on, you know, this, uh, this expression face, to yeah. turn toward the world. And, you know, there was, there were months there where it was like, being at work or being in the studio or greeting strangers. And it's just like, yeah, I'm putting on the happy face. <laughs> uh, so it felt a little like, like that, but, uh, but probably less specifically than that. You know, it probably just personifies me and my introversion and, and me in any, any, in any social setting for my entire goddamn life. You know, <laughs> so, uh, Yeah. There's a certain part of me that responds to it in that way. How, all right. So how much of your artwork I mean, obviously, every piece is a little bit of you in there somewhere, but how much, looking back at it and actually even looking forward to it, like how much of your stuff that you conceptualize is going to have that autobiographical component to it? Um, well, probably damn near all of it. Um, not necessarily overtly, not necessarily consciously at first. I, I'm almost always become conscious of, oh, I, I, I get why I responded to that. You know, um, so I'm not like trying to, but it's certainly there has to be something of that to any artist, I would think. I know there's some that do it much more left brained um, that I'm trying to, you know, they're trying to express something about form and color and whatever, you know, that it's. Um, but the things that I get most jazzed about that I think are my coolest concepts and I most want to do, it's probably because of the level I personally relate to it and respond to it. And, um, you know, the, the little guy in the, what did I call it? Are we having fun yet? Oh, the guy the, in the, the cage. The little guy in the cage. <laughs> that also creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he have a pinwheel in his hand that was sticking out the back of the cage? Uh, actually his, his hand was sticking out the door of the front of the cage. <laughs> um, this is a, like a hamster gerbil cage kind of thing, but bigger. Uh, how big was that? Like, I feel guinea, like it was guinea like pig kind of cage size, maybe or like something a two by three. Like it was a big small enough that I could put a a figure that was about two thirds life size into maybe three quarters. Uh, if you really crunched up like that, but God, that was creepy. Yeah, but that was entirely like about how I was feeling about my job and <laughs> probably my home life and any number of things at the time that that trapped. Um, my 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 favorite ideas are the ones that come on me like in an instant you know and i'm totally on board with the idea that artists can't you can't be a working artist and rely on inspiration you know you if you're going to be a working artist you have to make your you know yeah. but i know nonetheless that's one of those things i was driving home from work from one area of stress to the next i guess and i it was garbage day or the night before garbage day and somebody had this cage out in their pile. Wait, so you garbage picked that? I didn't know that either. Oh, that's not the first time. That, that, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, literally, I saw it out of my periphery as I drove and I wasn't a half block further before I saw the entire piece in my head and I turned the car around and went back and threw it in the back of my car and uh, it, it was actually the same thing with Dogma. I... Um, driving i can't remember where because that was so many years earlier but driving and it was again the way that was a piece of fence that you found on the side and there was a, wow. that piece of fence along the the side of the road and again within the next 20 yards i the entire look of the whole piece 
hit my, you know, hit me immediately, and I turned the car around and threw the piece of fence <laughs> in the back of the car. <laughs> oh, you didn't have it yet. You just theorized the piece and then went back and got it. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. the, in both both cases, I the seeing it at the side of the road gave me the whole idea for the piece, and then I picked up the stone. I, I don't think those. I think there was the third time I picked up something, but <laughs> maybe I never did anything with it. Where's the dude in the cage now? Uh, he's in a closet. <laughs> he's in a closet. The clown's in a closet. Dude, your house is so yeah. scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. you have the bride and groom still somewhere too? No, I finally dismantled them. And um, did you get rid of their faces too? Or did you um, keep their I, heads? I kept the heads in case I ever repurposed them again sometime. I could recreate the body structures. Steve also does some Hollywood makeup techniques as well. Those are fun. Yeah. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> I still have a bunch of unpainted latex masks in a shelf somewhere. Um, I mean, you know that I sculpted and, and cast in latex, but then never really never really got around to painting them. But that's my other problem. I have too many ideas involving pretty much every media known to <laughs> humankind. But see, that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, but it makes me a uh, completely uncommitted, undirected, you know. You're talking to the guy who's bought more domain names than he's ever known <laughs> what to do with, and... Nine tenths of them never became anything, so I get it. I know. Every time you had a good idea, you bought a domain name to go with it. They were cheap. Yeah, they were. And I wanted to stay on top of it and never do anything. But you didn't stay on top of most of them. (laughs) No. (laughs) But they made for some great conversations, though. Oh, we had fun thing. I was actually thinking about this recently. Um, You remember uh, the the Battlecocks? Battlecocks. (laughs) Yeah, we we had this idea. Years and years ago, of a mix between battle bots and cockfighting. Yes, and uh, but what killed Dude, me? We was, would have been so rich. What killed me was all those years later seeing that robot chicken show. Yes, yes. Because we know. we had designs just like that. You know, we had everything from some something that was more like one of the battle robots with just some chicken features added <laughs> to ones that you know went to the other end with mostly mostly chickens with some robotic bionic or. Uh, Borg oh, features added. It's going to be great. Yeah. And we had some great ideas for it all, too. But, you know, buying the URL was easy and shooting the shit about it was easy. But <laughs> I think we got the .com and the .net. I think just to c- cover yourself, yeah, you probably <laughs> got them both. Um, yeah, those were great. Battle, we, and we argued over uh, whether they would be cockbots or, <laughs> or battlebots, battlecocks. Battlecocks battle or, or cockbots. <laughs> See, my friends are amazing. (laughs) They're all creative. Every last one of them. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't even your best idea, probably, but it was right up there. It was probably one of the more fun ones for sure. Well, it was when it was when that whole robot battle stuff was a craze, right? Oh yeah, which has got to be how long ago now? Ten, fifteen years? That was however long ago it was. I feel like that wasn't too long after Doom and Quake. So yeah, yeah. It was all right in that same wheelhouse. So the timing would have been great. No. We would have beat that stupid robot chicken by years and years. Yep. We would have been filthy rich. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't have to be figuring out how you're going to sell drawings when you're 70. Exactly, yeah. It's so funny, though, because I do have a lot of creative and talented friends, and, you know, most of them are developers. You know, they're, they're hardcore nerds. But it's such a common theme in the industry, and it's probably just in our age group. It's like, what are we going to do next? Like, we can't do this forever. How are we going to make money after this? It's something more fun, something more creative. Well, certainly more uh, your generation than mine. And, yeah, I'm only 10 years older than you. <laughs> but really, I mean, I'm still on the tail end of the— Damn kids, get off my lawn. You, you, no, but in the, in the <laughs> tail end of the you get a job, and that's where you stay for the rest of your fucking life. And, and I, you know, I'm— basically almost doing that now um and so it's it's you know your 10 years made enough of a difference that you're into more of that and of course these days from everything i read anyway you know 
they continue to change jobs every few years and then they're consultant for this or that in between and then a freelance for something else off of there. And I don't know how you raise a family on that. Yeah. Much, uh, so I think that's probably coming to light more and more now that, uh, yeah, this is just abuse of young people. <laughs> but I feel like there's a lot of people that are, they're making that choice to not get married, not have families. Well, that's apparently what I'm reading as well. Yeah. Yeah. I have lots of friends that are doing the digital nomad thing and they're loving it. So I'm a yeah. little jealous. Well, no, actually, uh, that was so one of your podcasts that was episode I listened one. to. Oh, that was the first one. Okay. Yeah. Well, and actually, Erica is kind of a digital nomad as well. So it could have been like well, it was the dude. five. Okay, yeah, so that was Andrew. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, it was, it was this fascinating idea, and I was jealous on many levels, but there's, there's still limited careers you can do just on a laptop you know, sitting out in front of your I'm pretty sure he's going in bank as a developer right now, so. Right. <laughs> well, well, you can be a developer on your laptop right. sitting in the middle of Yellowstone somewhere. <laughs> as long as there's Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not so much for most of us. But. All right, so um, we only covered a very tiny portion of stuff that I thought we were going to cover tonight. Uh, but it was be at the end game, huh? Ah. Uh, I'm feeling like this is a natural break, but I always okay. remind everyone that I have the right to recall a witness okay. or a guest in this uh, circumstance. But um, yeah, I think we've got like a ton more to talk about. But this oh, is see, like I a, thought you recorded twice as long and then whittled out all the shit. Nope, I don't edit. <laughs> so oh damn. So part of my mission with this was kind of like to bring it full circle it's kind of like those five minute sketches yeah so we have this conversation and i don't overwork it you know i i put an intro and an outro on it and then once i get your bio and pick i upload it i don't yeah. i'm not in it for the editing okay i'm in it for the this is like my well, me- I, I didn't, memento I didn't, thing i didn't mean so much you know right you overworking it so much is making me sound better by editing the stupid stuff out no we didn't talk about anything stupid yeah okay so there you have it. But right. um, we'll definitely do this again because I think this is uh, this is super fun. So That's funner than I thought it would be because... Exactly. But and you're going to be know, shocked as hell. If I can talk it. mostly about myself and what I think about art, it doesn't, I can fill up an hour on that without yeah. blinking, batting an eye. And that's only one tiny sliver of what makes you amazing. So uh, you want to leave everybody with a parting thought? You can say no, but you, the floor is <laughs> yours. Um. How about another one of my favorite quotes about art, which is, a painting is never finished. It just stops in interesting places. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, so we talked about a lot of art there, and I'm hoping that you all hung in there this long because I'm going to tell you where you can go see some of it. You can go to clevengerart.com. That's C-L-E. V-E-N-G-E-R art.com and that's going to take you to his carbon made portfolio and you can see some of the actually quite a few of the pieces that we discussed on the show today not his recent uh, figure drawing class stuff just because he hasn't updated his site in a while but uh, I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation about art and the artistic process and how some people feel like they're just not good enough when many of us actually are way better than good enough so uh you know, Steve left some great thoughts, and uh, I had a lot of fun doing this, and he will definitely be on again because we didn't even cover stuff that we've done together throughout our friendship, only briefly there for a while. So tune in next week for another uh, episode of My Friends Are Amazing. Thanks, and hit that subscribe button. Later. Later.